It's two pussies. This is Ronnie. And this is Lindsay. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) So, we have got a great episode for you today. We are going to talk about lavender lore. Yeah, dude. And I know if you're a longtime faithful listener, you're probably thinking, didn't you already do lavender? We sure did. We did. Back in February. Yeah. But we also, like, did it with other stuff. Yeah, and we didn't really cover a ton of stuff on Lavender. There was mo- There's always more, I think, is the answer there. There's always more we could share. And, and although today it's like a nice, balmy 60-something degrees out, when we decided that we wanted to record an episode again on Lavender, it was in this, like, three-day chunk when it was, like, 75. And we're like, yeah, let's do something summery. Yeah, yeah, we were experiencing second summer, and within the span of a week, it turned into January. Yeah. And, and now, it's, now it's April for some reason. But oh. we are committed to this episode. <laughs> so we want to share some of the folklore and the history around lavender uses. And last time we smoked it, this time... Lindsay's got a cocktail for us. Yeah, a little cocktail corner again. Yeah, I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're going to do a riff on one of my all-time favorite cocktails. It's a a great cocktail. It's going to be strikingly different in appearance today, though. I can't wait. I have no idea what's in your magical bag of goodies (laughs) that you brought over to make this cocktail. So I will learn along with all of the listeners what's going on. Yeah. But I also wanted to just mention, because today, you will not hear Engineer Dan on mic. Wah, wah. <laughs> well, he might, he might <laughs> pop in. You never know. <laughs> he's lurking in the background. Yes, he's still here. <laughs> he's still alive and well and with us. And he's watching over us as Ronnie learns how to record our show. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> so Lindsay does all of the editing. A little peek behind the curtains. But Lindsay does all of the editing. And I really enjoy the idea of being a self-sufficient podcast. Yeah. You know, we're we're smart independent ladies but it's something I have never done before and I am not a musically inclined sound engineer inclined or technically inclined person (laughs) (laughs) I had to google how to keep my screen from going to sleep (laughs) but but I can do this and so I'm very excited that you know sometimes it'll be me sometimes it'll be engineer Dan but this is a, a fun new learning adventure for us. Yeah, you're doing great already, dude. <laughs> you really are. <laughs> All right. Before we get into lavender, Lindsay, how was your week? I had a great week. I played so much video games. So much. I am really invested in Assassin's Creed Valhalla right now. It is so good. There are so many things to collect. I am in heaven. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) You are a collector of things in video games. I know this to be true about you. Yes. Yes. I want all of the things. That's awesome. I I played a little Drake Hollow this week. Nice. And I had a much better week this week than, uh, than before, but... Had a chance to like sit down and do like a five, six hour grind on Drake Hollow and built a whole bunch of waypoints. Awesome. So many waypoints to so many supply trucks and was like, why am I not getting my stone? <laughs> <laughs> and then 
Lindsay graciously informed me that I need to connect my first waypoint, not to the edge of my island, but to the magical log in the center of it. (laughs) (laughs) So that the things from the supply trucks travel to me. I was like, oh, well, shit. (laughs) You know, that wasn't intuitive to me either when I first started, but I pretty quickly figured out that something was wrong because I did the same thing you did where I just, I, I plopped a waypoint I tried Near connecting. The edge of my <laughs> island, and I was—I knew I was supposed to be getting things from the supply right. trucks, yes. but I wasn't. So I looked at the internet. I tried, <laughs> I tried like, connecting all the trucks to each other. I was like, maybe if they form a triangle. <laughs> 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 but I figured it out now. So now I've got all the stone, which is great because the last thing I did before signing off for the night the other night very late into the evening I was like I'm just gonna talk to this crow one more time and then a freaking ghosty thing shows up and wrecks all of my shit I'm like that's what I went to bed on was this thing like I defeated it but like it it wrecked my bunk beds and I was so pissed yeah (laughs) that ghosty thing is hard it does get easier though as you progress in the game and you're able to build like these weird buses that your drakes can jump on That's and awesome. like attack things with and like help you with the fight. It does get easier. I was really miffed when you were like, <laughs> it gets easier. And I was like, wait, that means it's going to come back. <laughs> I'm going to have to keep fighting yeah. this thing. I'm like, oh man. Uh, actually, I think starting now, it's going to be present in every single one of the raids. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, fine (laughs) i've got four little drakes and i'm gonna keep them alive i will not lose a drake (laughs) oh dude before we forget we should totally light the ritual candle we should yes (laughs) i've uh i've put it on my little recording station so that i wouldn't forget but i'm not looking at the recording station as i record (laughs) so (laughs) i totally forgot (laughs) all right give me a sec Sometimes we're good at the remembering. Sometimes we're not so good at the remembering. But we always hold ourselves accountable. This is true. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're ready to also start thinking about what our next candle will be. Not that this one is like done done. And I really liked having this like spell candle. But we're, you know, it's starting to feel a bit chilly on most days. Certainly most evenings. And so I'm starting to think about like what our Yule candle will look like. Yeah. So maybe a log, not a pine cone. <laughs> pine cones, I've discovered, burn with that like, with that unevenness where in between all the little petally things and like all the little seed nubs and like burns through and then the wax spills out and it goes everywhere, like all over your partner's really expensive electric guitar. Oh, no. <laughs> so we won't be doing that again. <laughs> Pillar shapes only. <laughs> I like the idea of a log. I think that's very Yule. Yeah, I think so too. They burn nice and even. They are very pretty. I also saw some one with snowflakes. So Ooh. maybe, I don't know, maybe with snowflakes. Snowflakes are <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. So if you've got a suggestion, maybe you want to drop us a line or send us a, a link or you know share an idea via Instagram. That is the best way to get a hold of us. You can always reach out at 5C2PPod on Instagram or Gmail, and we will like, share, respond, whatever seems appropriate. Totally. Totally. Hey, how are the kitties doing this week? Oh, my God. 
Okay. Very cute. They're adorable. They're, they're painfully adorable this week, uh, to be quite honest. A number of times I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And Aww. Dan's like, but we were talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know, but we need to acknowledge how cute they're being. Oh, <laughs> those boys. They're being extra snuggly, and Django has taken to... Um, to not just like insisting on having his face licked by Kenway, but when Kenway's done, snuggling up to him and like using Kenway's body as a pillow. Oh. <laughs> and oh. just like laying there, like little bunny legs and his big fat nips out. <laughs> <laughs> He's going belly up. Yep. <laughs> just snuggling into Kenway. <laughs> oh. We also opened up the upstairs. So we have a two floor, two story apartment. And the upstairs second floor has been under renovation and that's wrapped up mostly. So we've uh, opened that up for the cats to be able to explore at will just a couple of days ago. And Kenway sprinted up there like a kid in a candy store. He was just like, oh, my God, this is the best thing ever. Even this morning, making breakfast and he's sitting down here at the the door, which leads from the kitchen upstairs and he looks at me and I'm like would you like to go upstairs buddy and he was like meow oh. and I'm like oh oh you would <laughs> okay cool <laughs> so I let him up there and then he proceeds to play this game with Django who's basically sitting like in the doorway to the kitchen so Kenway runs upstairs waits a few minutes then runs back downstairs crouches in the doorway and he's like <laughs> makes this weird like noise that I've never heard him make before at Django then runs halfway up the stairs and sits there and waits. And then comes back down. He keeps doing this, trying to get Django to follow him, I think. He's like, I want to be upstairs. I want you to be upstairs, too. Let's go play. Aww. Django's like, I don't know if it's worth the effort. Yeah. <laughs> He's not as into it. <laughs> Super cute. <laughs> but, yeah, they are painfully adorable right Aww. now. I love them. Yeah. So much. They're just way too cute. Way too cute. Very fortunate. I love <laughs> that Django's doing the cat side down thing too and like putting his big belly Oh in the man, air. he's all about it with Kenway. <laughs> yeah. He even did it with Dan the other day on the bed. Oh. Was like, I'm gonna hang on the bed with Dan and we're just like, Yep, belly up. Oh. So cute. I don't get Billy up. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. <laughs> I bet you will eventually. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've done all the things. Yeah, I think we have. And I'm ready to take a quick break. Come right on back. Talk about lavender. Me too. We'll see you soon, which is... Welcome back. Thanks, dude. We're ready to talk about lavender. Yeah. <laughs> On this cold <laughs> November evening, <laughs> we're going to talk about something that m- most people, I think, associate with with maybe spring and warmth and love and relaxation. <laughs> and we're going to hopefully surprise you with a few stories and some new information. Yeah, dude. Totally. So... I think first and foremost, this was something that I was aware of, but not fully aware of. There are many types of lavender. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> because when you brought your lavender snippets over for me uh, and, you know, sharing herbs as we do, I was like, your lavender looks so much nicer than mine. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the lavender that I had this past summer is totally different than the lavender I had the previous summer. Yeah, yeah. And... There's different, like many different types. Apparently, somewhere like over 150 different types of lavender when you take into account all the different hybrids as well. Yeah. 
but there's some that are like more common than others. And so I wanted to give a little bit of a, like if you're at the local plant store and you're like, oh, I want specifically this type of lavender or I wonder what kind of lavender that is. I've got a little description of some of the more common ones. Cool. So I wanted to start there, but all right, strap in more Latin. Here we go. <laughs> uh <-ohs>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So one of the most common types is English lavender. Oh, yeah. That's what I grow. So that's what I have in my garden out front. And it is Angustifolia. Ooh. It has thin, narrow leaves. So if you're looking at it, especially like it's hard to tell sometimes because lavenders bloom 100% of the time. <laughs> so, you know, the leaves are always there, but it has like, these sort of thin, skinny, long leaves. Yeah. And then you've got your French lavender. Yeah. I think that's the one that most people think of when they think of lavender. And French lavender is actually could be one of many different types. So there's no such thing as like, this is French lavender. <laughs> <laughs> French lavender simply means it is lavender grown in France. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the most common lavender when you're thinking of uh, lavender oils and perfumes and that sort of thing. And those particular types tend to come from either, I'm going to call it Stochas or Lajada or Detata. Oh, I like de tata. I like de tata too. <laughs> you said tata. <laughs> uh, and those have like shorter toothed leaves. Oh, okay. There's Spanish lavender, or also known as like topped lavender. And it's the cluster of purple flowers has like, it's a shorter sort of fatter cluster. And then it's got this like little like, I don't know, this like little... Crow, like chicken crown thing on the top of it. Oh, like it's just this little like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have like, seen yeah. that. Yeah. So that little tuft of lavender, that's uh, most typically a form of Spanish lavender. Okay. Cool. And then lastly, there is Portuguese lavender. Oh. And Portuguese lavender is also called broadleaf or spiked lavender, and it's latifolia. And that is also very common. The lavender bushes, when you see a lavender bush that has like the long stalk uh, and then like a very tall lavender plant, the long stalk and the flowers at the end, that tends to be the Portuguese variety of latifolia. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. And I kind of wanted to mention specifically that spiked lavender because one of the things that I found when sort of looking up the history of lavender use and lavender stories and that sort of thing was about spikenard. I also saw spikenard. Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> so spikenard is a biblical reference to lavender, sort yeah. of. Yeah, there, there seemed to be a little bit of... Uh, there's some discrepancies because, you know, it's the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Like I saw some stuff online where they were like, well, it could have been mm -hmm. called Spike Nard, <laughs> but it also could have been this other plant. Right. And it also could have been this other plant. So this all comes from a story where it says Spike Nard was used to wash the feet of Jesus before his crucifixion. Mm -hmm. And... It's a sort of common thought that it was lavender that was used. And in reality, I also saw some things that said, well, no, it wasn't lavender. Spikenard referred to ginger, not lavender. 
And I thought, well, that's great because I love ginger. Yeah. <laughs> but when I did an even deeper dive, it didn't take a long Google search to discover spikenard's its own fucking plant. <laughs> <laughs> Is it similar to lavender in any way? It has purple flowers. Oh, okay. But beyond that, no. It's a variety of honeysuckle. It is a type of valerian, and it was, in fact, very commonly used by Egyptians for anointing. So when it says spikenard in the Bible, it's probably actually referring to spikenard (laughs) and not to lavender. (laughs) But it is kind of fun because a couple of the other biblical references, and I kind of loop these into folklore because of my, my personal beliefs on... The, the the reality of the Bible and a, sort of a collection of stories passed along. And uh, the other two that I saw were that Adam and Eve actually took lavender from the Garden of Evil, or other known as knowledge. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and that's how lavender came into the world. It was in this lush garden, and they took it with them. They're like, this is cool and important. Yeah, eh, makes sense. And then, contradictory to that, (laughs) it's also thought that lavender got its scent because Jesus' mother hung his clothes on a bush to dry. And the the power of Jesus, I guess, I don't know, (laughs) his holiness, (laughs) like, oozed into the plant and made it smell like lavender. Well, that seems like a stretch to (laughs) me. (laughs) If I ever meet anyone who just, like, not only like absent of anything else smells like lavender like their bo is lavender scented but also has the power to imbue that to plants and future plants alter the genetic code of a plant <laughs> i am running the fuck away yeah that's a little that's a little spooky yeah that was quite a lot <laughs> that's that's a lot to take in uh also in Christian folklore, uh, it, it said that they would make crosses out of lavender and hang them on their doors to ward off evil. Oh, I oh. wonder if that's like because because lavender actually has some really great medicinal uses or if it's an appropriation, I guess, of uh, like uh, cunning folk and folk magic. Oh. Or, you know, I, I'm kind of curious where that originated from. Like, what was the thought process there? Was it because Jesus made lavender or because... Lavender was actually used by, like, folk magic and folk medicine to ward off evil spirits. I mean, I'm guessing it probably had something to do with Jesus making lavender at that point, because I'm not entirely certain where it started, but if it started in, like, the Middle East, they probably wouldn't have known about fey folk. Oh, that's fair. That's totally fair. Yeah. I want to stick in in that sort of like biblical Egyptian region for a second. Yeah. <laughs> because I know that there was um, quite a bit of discussion around lavender and Cleopatra as well. Yeah, dude. There totally was. So it, it was said that she used lavender as a perfume to seduce both Julius Caesar and Mark Anthony. Ooh. I know. <laughs> Such a seductive lady. Also, having to do with Cleopatra, it is said that the asp who who did the deadly strike and bit her and killed her was hiding in some lavender bushes. No. That kind of... <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's... Wow. Just hanging out in some nice smelling flowers. Yeah, right? <laughs> Couldn't just... Like, apparently lavender does not calm down 
bastard <laughs> fucking snakes. Like it does oh, everybody right. else. <laughs> I keep, whenever I think asp, I honestly, I think giant hornet. And it's not. It's a snake, oh. isn't it? Yeah, it's a scary ass oh. snake. Also, also terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I think murder wasp. Like. <laughs> no, the murder wasp did not bite Cleopatra <laughs> and kill her. <laughs> so I've got I've got a couple more history ones, but one on the Egyptian side. So as I mentioned, you know, it was it was a popular Egyptian like anointing oil, but. In 1922, apparently, so the story goes, when the archaeologists opened King Tut's tomb, they discovered he had been buried with bunches of lavender, and the tomb itself still faintly smelled of lavender 3,000 years later. Isn't that bonkers? That's, it's, one part of me is like, that's crazy. (laughs) 3,000 years. And then the other part of me is like, that air has not changed for 3,000 years. Yeah. So whatever was sealed with it 3,000 years ago is still, like, those particles didn't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, like, part of me is like, of course. And then the other part of me is like, no, that's just crazy. It is crazy because eventually, like, the the oils in the, the or the scent oils are going to break down. But you that would think so. But that it's so <laughs> strong and it lasted that long. This must have been baskets full. Like, oh, I bet. Yeah. yeah. As opposed like when I think bunches, I'm like a fistful. <laughs> <laughs> I bet this was like baskets full. Probably, yeah. So crazy. And then sort of switching gears for a second, I just I like her name. Honestly, this is why I'm including this one. <laughs> <laughs> but in twelfth century Germany, it was recorded that a lady called Abbas Hildegard used lavender medicinally. So she helped spread the use of lavender to kill head lice and fleas, as well as mixing it with brandy to help with headaches. And this is one smart cookie because lavender does, in fact, repel insects. It doesn't kill them, but it repels them. Yeah. And it has properties that do reduce the effects of headaches. And menstrual cramps, which we talked about last uh, time we talked about lavender. Yeah. But... But yeah, it is it is actually still used for those specific sort of more medical reasons to this day. But 12th century Germany, old Hildegard was like, I got this. Yeah, old Hildy, like, <laughs> she nailed it. <laughs> uh, but you you mentioned the like lavender cross thing. Yeah. In relation to, like, protection from evil spirits. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. You mentioned faithful. I'm kind of interested in that. Yeah. So that's, like, in the same realm as, as sort of the, like, protection from evil spirits. This was, like, to encourage um, fey folk fairies and elves to come, which was typically seen as a sign of, like, good luck and prosperity, and, as well as protection. But on Midsummer's Eve, it was very common, uh, especially in like medieval uh, sort of like England area, to mix mugwort, fan of mugwort, (laughs) (laughs) chamomile, and rose with lavender. And you would burn it to attract fey folk, including, like I said, fairies and elves and gnomes and other little things. Oh, yeah. That's super cute. (laughs) I really like. 
like that idea. <laughs> you're like, hey, little buddies, I want to burn some sweet smelling herbs for you and <laughs> and hang out and have big bonfire. And yeah. yeah. Can't the faithful be kind of tricky, though, and like not so cool sometimes? Yeah, I, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We'll have to do an episode on fairies. Yeah, we should. <laughs> we should. But as we all know from our St. John's Wart episode, episode 41, if you're interested, <laughs> <laughs> that Midsummer's Eve is very closely related to St. John's Day. Yeah. And St. John's Day is typically celebrated by burning aromatic herbs, such as St. John's Wort, but also lavender. Yeah. As a protection from evil spirits. Cool. I feel like at some point... People were like, lavender just like calms you down and it repels bad things like insects. And so they're just like, it's June. It's buggy out. Let's just like have a happy time without black flies and mosquitoes and (laughs) just throw it in the bonfire. And we'll we'll just say it does this other stuff too. But it's, uh, it's carried over though in other areas where it's like in that sort of like calming people down. Apparently, in medieval England, it was very popular to add lavender to um, to the bath water of children, specifically children, to drive the demons out of them. Oh. <laughs> now, I'm a big bath person. Are you a bath person? No. Okay. I'm really, <laughs> I used to be when I was younger, but now I'm, I'm like, I don't want to sit in my skin no yeah i get it (laughs) (laughs) when you say it like that (laughs) i'm like i don't think too hard about it you know i'm only in a bathtub for like well i was gonna say only in there for like 20 minutes i'm like i'm in there for 20 minutes so the water gets cold and i drain it out and i fill it up again and i'm you know i'm like an hour and a half kind of bath gal but when i run a bath i like to put in bath oils and salts and flower petals and shit like that and it calms me down. It's just this chill, warm, relaxing place. <laughs> I'm not a troubled, demon-filled child. But I can only imagine that, like, demons or no demons, you put a kid in a bathwater full of lavender, they're just going to chill. They're like, hey, have a spa day. <laughs> Let's drive the demons out of you. <laughs> But uh, lavender does have, you know, some some lovely other sort of like magical love uses as we chatted about in our last lavender episode around like love spells and that sort of thing. But I don't know if you saw, Lindsay, when we like when I looked up like love as it relates to like sort of folklore and that sort of thing with lavender, there were some pretty hard mixed messages. I yeah I didn't I I decided to not look at love stuff this time <laughs> around because we did it the last time so I was like ah just give me like the weird shit that people used to do with it that's yeah that's <laughs> totally fair this but I'm gonna dive into this because some of this is it's not that it's weird it's a it's fucking contradictory oh. and and it's just like but make up your mind so so lavender was used you know and is still used as a an love enhancer, a passion enhancer. And, you know, the thought was that the scent would attract lovers and increase sexual desire. So, you know, if you put some lavender under your lover's pillow, then, you know, they'll want to 
they'll want to do you. It's going to bonerize them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, you know, wives would do that. But it was also used by sex workers to attract customers. Oh. And I started thinking about this and I was like, I don't think that that's necessarily a so like you'd smell me and get hard kind of thing. It's more of a like symbol of being clean because lavender was also uh, used for washing and it's been used for washing since like Greek times because it repels insects. And what do they have like up until recently everywhere, especially in the poorer places of like, like England and France and Spain Fleas and lice and crabs and gross stuff. (laughs) And the plague. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. So if you smelled like lavender, it implied that you were clean and that you used lavender to bathe in and wash your clothes in. And therefore, you wouldn't have something that you could catch if you were a sex worker. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really cool because it was so popular that lavenders was the term for women who took in washing for hire in medieval times and and Renaissance times in France. Oh, wow. They were just called lavenders. No kidding. Yeah. Holy shit. I want to go off on this, on this like part of the subject for a little bit too, because I I read something about these like four dudes in Marseille who went to like go rob some graves and during the plague and they made this, concoction or a potion or whatever you want to call it with lavender and some of those like lavender vinegar rosemary and cloves and it was called four thieves vinegar and they used that to protect them from the plague so i've heard a couple variations of this story Ooh, i want to hear it okay so variation one is very much like you said they were four thieves bros grave robbers and they were robbing the graves of new plague victims who were often just like, like, fuck, they died of the plague. Pick them up, throw them in a ground, mass grave, like, with all their shit on them because it was all, like, infected with the plague. So uh, they decided to create this, like, four thieves vinegar to, uh, to protect them from grave robbing and getting the plague while they were doing this crime. Oh, and it became a thing because they eventually got arrested. And then the judge was like, well, you didn't get the plague. You robbed all these graves, which is illegal. And you <laughs> didn't get the plague. So if you tell us what you did to avoid getting the plague, we'll like lessen your sentence. Wow. And then they were like, oh, cool. Here, use this. <laughs> some vinegar, some like rosemary, lavender, cloves, done. <laughs> And so they like they actually end up with a lesser sentence because they gave up the recipe recipe sorry of four thieves vinegar. Cool. So that's version one. Version two is sort of the opposite in that they were four thieves who got arrested for being thieves, and they were like, ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> and their sentence was to bury the freshly deceased of the plague. So they weren't grave robbers. They were grave diggers. Oh, okay. And uh, they realized very quickly that this was a death sentence for them, handling the bodies of the freshly deceased with the plague. And they came up with this concoction to protect themselves during their sentence so that they could, you know, they could keep on living 
while they buried the dead. Oh, cool. And that became known as Four Thieves Vinegar. Both stories seem pretty plausible to me. Totally. <laughs> I would like I would love to know not necessarily if it works from keeping you safe from the plague, but it must work on some level from keeping fleas away. Yeah. Like just those things combined well, is really pungent. Yeah. That's one hell of a fragrance. For for real. And old Hildy seemed to think that, you know, lavender helped with, lavender alone helped with the fleas, so. Yeah, and it truly is an yeah. insect repellent. Yeah. So, I, like, I would assume that it works, and I'm not interested in smelling like vinegar <laughs> when I am, like, <laughs> trying to get the mosquitoes to not be around me during the summer, but I wouldn't mind making some Four Thieves vinegar just to, like, check it out and be like, that's what this smells like. It's awful. <laughs> yeah, maybe you can just, like, dump some in a cup and put it near you and see if Yeah, if that oh, that's a all. good idea. Yeah. All right, we'll have to, re- we'll have to try and remember this <laughs> for when the mosquitoes are back. Yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, like whether it was, you know, sort of the, the insect repellent or, or loved like attractor because you were clean. I also wanted to mention that, especially on that love vibe, it was used as a deterrent as well. That's where I'm getting the mixed messages from. So it was used by apparently by young girls as protection from unwanted advances, which seems really contradictory to the fact that it was also used at the same time period by sex workers to attract lovers. <laughs> yeah, it does really seem contradictory. Was it like a different place in the world that they were doing that? Or Nope. Oh. <laughs> it was seen as a symbol of purity and grace and devotion. And so like, I guess like really young girls would like wear it and be like, you know, basically like I'm too young. I'm a, I don't know. I'm a holy virgin something like that. Ooh. And people would be like, no, nah, I'll leave you alone. I, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. It seems very mixed message to me. I mean, uh, well, maybe maybe I kind of get it. Like, if somebody were to see a young girl wearing the flowers, Ooh. that was, like, a sign, hey, you know, I'm, like, innocent and pure, and maybe just, like, don't. Whereas if they just smelled it and weren't presented with the, like, actual physical flower the smell of it would bonerize them. And <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. I and, like that. Right? Like yeah. maybe. Yeah, totally. I think that that, that works for me in my brain. Also bonerize <laughs> is a great word. <laughs> I just, I just came up with it. <laughs> uh, so I also have, and I want to share before we jump into a fresh topic, but I have a poem from 16th century England. Oh. And it's called The Washerwoman's Poem. <gasps> oh. And apparently this was like taken from like somebody's diary or something like that. So I don't know who wrote it and I don't know like the validity of it. And it's not very good. <laughs> but here we go. <laughs> Thou shalt be my lavender to wash and clean all my gear. Our two beds shalt be set without any let. I feel like this is like a dirty proposal limerick kind of thing where it's like, <laughs> it's like basically being like, you're going to wash my shit. You're going to be my, la- like, you're going to be my lavender, my washerwoman. And also we're going to do it <laughs> without stopping. <laughs> that, that, the poem's a lot shorter than I expected it to be. <laughs> There is a 
um, there's actually an older uh, nursery rhyme called Lavender's Blue that is quite lengthy and wow. talks about you know lavender uh, being used as like how do you know that you love me? The lavender told me so, kind of thing. Oh, I'll see if well, I can find like a a clip of it for you. Yeah, to, to drop in here, but yeah, cool, yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so it's you know I, I think it's popular in stories and it's a cool flower and it's very like it's been used in perfume and shit for forever. So you know I'm sure there's lots of different tales and songs and that sort of thing out there about lavender <laughs> but, but i saw that like four line one i was like yeah that's it Somebody, <laughs> some some guy is just like yo want to wash my clothes and my dick <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna write this in a poem <laughs> what a wiener <laughs> Well, you've got a cocktail for us. I do. I'm getting thirsty. So am I, dude. Sweet. <laughs> I think we should take a little break and make that baby up and then come back. Okay, cool. When we come back, I'm going to want to hear all about what's in it, what you did to make it, and, and why. And maybe, maybe we'll close out with a little ghost story while we're sipping. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I mean, what would our podcast be without something spooky? I know, right? <laughs> I know. Sweet. Well, we'll just take a little break and be right back. Yeah, sounds good to me. We'll see you soon, which is... And it is time for Cocktail Corner. Cocktail Corner! Yeah! We need a Cocktail Corner stinger. <laughs> we should make a Cocktail Corner stinger. Yeah, that's something we can do. But we're back, and the cocktail this week is called Birds and Bees. Birds and Bees! Birds and Bees. Now, I did not come up with this cocktail. A GM that I had at a bar that I worked at came up with this cocktail. And it is a variation of a bee's knees. Oh, cool. Do you want to give the bar a plug? Oh, well, they're not in existence anymore, oh. so it doesn't... Womp, womp. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I should have known. <laughs> COVID killed the bar. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> so it's, it's okay, but the cocktail still lives in my heart. And what makes this different from your typical bee's knees is that it's made with empress gin, which is a gin that is purple in color Ooh. because it's made from butterfly pea flowers yes. which gives it this really like cool bluish purple color 
in addition, instead of just straight up honey simple syrup, we're using honey simple syrup that's infused with lavender. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay, I have an Empress Gin question. Mm -hmm. You said it's got the uh, butterfly pea flowers, which I can't wait to do an episode on in and of themselves, but... Does it still have, like, all the other ginny things, like juniper and stuff like that? I'm not sure what all of the other ingredients okay. are in it, but it definitely tastes like gin. Okay. Yeah. So it's ginny plus flowers to make it purple. Yeah. yeah cool. Definitely. Definitely. I once had a guy order a dirty martini with Empress Gin. Holy shit. <laughs> Not realizing what Empress Gin was. Oh, he just looked at the list and was like, that one. Yeah. <laughs> and when it was brought out to him, he was like, are you fucking joking? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it serves you right for trying to be cool. <laughs> like, you ordered it, dude. He then loved it. He ended up loving it so much, he ordered three more. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> A little kudos to you and your cocktails. <laughs> but yeah, don't order Empress Gin unless you know exactly what you're getting. It is, it's beautiful. It really is a beautiful gin. So to make this cocktail, you're going to go two ounces of Empress, Empress Gin, one ounce of fresh squeezed lemon juice, one ounce of your honey lavender simple syrup. Uh, so to make the simple syrup, I did, I didn't want a ton of it. So I did half a cup of honey, okay, half, half a cup of hot water, and one tablespoon of dried lavender petals. Okay. That's a fair amount of dried lavender for a cup of liquid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, um, I think it ended up being the perfect amount. A lot of the recipes that I saw online called for twice that. Oof. But I'm trying to get off of my more is more mentality. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. And and I'll, I want to talk about how it tastes in a second, but I think you nailed it. Oh, good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Yeah, I feel like the lavender's coming through just enough, but it's not overpowering. Yeah, that's my thoughts as well. And so is this lavender that you grew this year? Because I know you had abundant plants. It is. Yeah, and sweet. I thought that I had a whole bunch, but turns out... You give a bunch to me. <laughs> well, I did, but once you take it off of the stem, like once you take the petals off of the stem, it's really not that much. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I used to uh, buy it in like little like half ounce baggies and stuff like that dried lavender buds from a spice store in Inman Square and it was it's was beautiful lavender but it was so expensive yeah. because the like because like you said the amount of buds to stock ratio you need a lot of <laughs> lavender to actually like use the buds in something yeah so like I thought that I had a lot like I harvested my lavender plant probably four times this past summer and I thought there was a whole bunch but I ended up using two of the harvests on oh, it oh wow yeah <laughs> well, let's really savor this cocktail just then. to get a <laughs> tablespoon <laughs> Okay, so I took some photos for the Insta, and it is a lovely purplish-grayish color, and I really like it. Uh, you know, aesthetically, it's a very pretty, pleasing cocktail. Yeah, yeah. You want to shake it over ice. Uh, if you can serve it in a cocktail glass, that's preferred. We don't have cocktail glasses. We don't use them, so we're just using rocks glasses. And then you want to garnish it with, like... An or or not sorry not an orange a, a lemon wheel or a lemon slice or something like that. No, I was a dick and took my garnish and squeezed it into my beverage. That's okay. That's cool. 
Yeah, dude, you can do whatever you want with that garnish. It has a <laughs> lot. Like, there's a there's a whole ounce of fresh lemon in there, so you probably yeah, didn't need it. <laughs> I mean, I, I I definitely believe in your more is not more, but when it comes to lemon and tart things, I do my preferred cocktail is something that is on the tart side, mm. and this one is. Yeah, yeah, for sure it is that fresh lemon, man. You really can't escape the tartness. But it's got this like lovely sort of candied violet color where like it's purple without being like grape drank purple. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And in the bottle, it almost looks more blue than purple. But uh, yeah, once you shake it over ice and, and add all of your stuff into it, it definitely turns purple. When you make that drink at a bar and somebody orders it and another person sees it, you're making those all night yep. long. <laughs> I can totally imagine. <laughs> so you, I wanted to talk a little bit about how it tastes mm -hmm. because uh, I taste, you know, obviously the lemon. Yep. And it's got a like, it is just a little like back end sweet. But what really comes through that I didn't think it would is the lavender. Yeah. And it's not that I thought you'd like fuck it up. It just <laughs> lavender has both this very subtle aromatic flavor and smell that can be easily overpowered by other things, but it's also such a frag like such a distinct fragrance and taste that if you put too much in, it can overpower everything else. And Absolutely. I think you really met that balance between the two things. Thanks, man. Yeah, I really like this one. Not that I didn't like our mugwort cocktail, but <laughs> I don't think this one's going to fuck me up in the same way. Yeah, we're not going to get high off of this one. <laughs> but this is, like, I would order this absolutely. This is delicious. It's, it is very reminiscent of a bee's knees. It reminds me of an aviation. This is the first gin cocktail I've had since, uh, since COVID quarantine. Yeah, actually, me too. So now I now it's extra special. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I promised everyone a ghost story. You did. I'm so excited. Okay. All right. So now that I'm all liquored up, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a ghost story that has a couple of different origins. And I'm going to share the one. The, depending on where this is located, the version of the story changes a little. So oh. this isn't a a one-stop, like, particular story. But this version that I'm going to share is from Ramapo, New York. Okay. And it's called Lavender. Ooh. And goes a little something like this. Two boys wanted to go to a high school dance, so they borrowed a car and drove off to that dance. On their way, they stopped for a young girl who was hitchhiking. She was wearing a pretty but kind of dated lavender-colored dress and she said her name was also Lavender. Oh. She was also headed to the dance, so they said, sure, cool, we'll give you a ride. At the dance, basically all eyes were on Lavender. I mean, she was the new girl. <laughs> and not only was she the new girl, but she was an excellent dancer. So all the girls stared at her jealously, and all the guys stared at her because they wanted to dance with her. Oh. And one of those two boys who picked her up was very smitten. And she with him. So they danced all night. And basically as though he was bewitched because his friend, who was in the car with them, said he didn't even remember that his friend could dance. Oh. But they danced the whole night. And at the end of the night, the two boys offered to give Lavender a ride home. And she said, great, that would be awesome. 
And as you do, sort of like the guy that had been dancing with her touched her shoulder to sort of say like this way towards the car. And he sort of exclaimed, expressed how cold she was to the touch. So he said, you know, gosh, you don't even have a coat. Here, wear my coat. So he gave her his jacket. So Lavender gets in the car with the guys and she tells them where she lives, which is a couple towns over. And as they approach the village, she suddenly tells them to stop and let her out before they cross the bridge that basically is like the marker into town. Okay. And they're like, cool. You want to get out here? We're good guys. You get out here. And she thanks them for the evening, says she has a great time, and she walks on. And they said, okay, cool. They turn around and they go home. And the next morning, they realize, ah, shit, Lavender still has his coat. So they get back in the car, and they drive to her village to get it back. When they get there, they realize, we don't actually know where Lavender lives. (laughs) (laughs) She got off at the bridge. (laughs) So they decided to go door to door. It was just a small town, and ask if anybody knew where Lavender lived. And they started the door number one, no results. Door number two, no results. They keep going around town, checking houses, small like stores, all like all the things. Nobody has any idea who they're talking about. <laughs> and they're like, "Well, this is weird." So finally, they're like, "Okay, well, let's check this final house, at, sort of on the outskirts of town." And they knock on the door of a small co- sort of cottage at the edge of town, and an old lady answers. And they ask the same thing: "Do you know this girl named Lavender?" And to their surprise, the old woman says, "Oh." Yeah, I know Lavender. She's my daughter. Now, these two boys look at each other and they're like, this bitty's like 80 plus. There is no way that Lavender is her daughter. And they're like, you must be mistaken. And they describe Lavender to her and she says, yeah, just a second. And she goes and she gets an old photo and she brings it to them. And she says, yeah, this is my daughter, Lavender. And they look at the photo and it's totally the same girl. And the old lady then explains to them that Lavender had actually been killed many years back when she was a young woman, and Lavender was you know, 14 or 15, and she had been struck by a truck on the bridge leading out of town on her way to a high school dance. Oh, no. And that she was buried in the town cemetery. And the boys thought this was super weird because they just spent all night dancing with her, and they're like, this lady is batshit. So they thanked her for her time and said, well, I guess we're not getting the coat back. They get back in the car and they go to head out of town. And as they are doing so, they're like, well, let's just stop at the cemetery and see. And as they pull up to the cemetery, there, draped over a tombstone, is the boy's jacket. No way. The tombstone simply said, Lavender. Oh, That's a great story. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. (laughs) Well, I think, I think that's an episode. Yeah. I think that's a whole thing. (laughs) Congratulations on your very first recording. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Fingers crossed. It sounds great, but I know that the editing magic is really where it's at, and that's all you. So. <laughs> I can't wait to come back next week, no matter who's recording us, and chat about something totally new. Yeah, me too. Be right before Thanksgiving? No, right after Thanksgiving. Right after, yeah. Right after Thanksgiving. Well, I'm sure we'll come back with something excellent. Until then, remember, no pervs, no Nazis. 
Totally. Panda! (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't help himself. (laughs) (laughs) This really is an excellent cocktail. (laughs) 